Um, we've just started this uh, new series, uh, Sunday series here at Trinity, called Faith and Feelings. Uh, it's about our emotions and our, our spiritual health during, during lockdown. And really behind this series is a, is a desire to tell you that it's okay to feel. And it's okay to feel not okay, especially during lockdown. Um, so the emotion that we're going to be exploring and, and, and thinking through a little bit today is anxiety. And that's because we all experience it, um, even, even today. In a recent poll, uh, over, over 60% of British people said that they're finding it hard to stay positive about the future. And it's kind of the air we're breathing, isn't it? Every, every cough provokes um, an anxious look. Um, every time that you kind of threaten to, to invade someone's two metres of personal space, uh, they quickly cross over the road. Although sometimes to me that happened even before this time, but, but that happens even more now. Um, the world around us feels like it's collapsing with anxiety and maybe you feel that you're collapsing with it. Socialising is just a, a memory of something that we used to do. Um, educations, um, many educations have been put on hold. We all face, don't we, the possibility of infection and, and death of ourselves or of loved ones. Uh, many of us specifically face job loss, uh, financial hardship, uh, maybe even stronger. So if it's really okay to feel, and if it's really okay to not feel okay, well, what are we supposed to do with worry and anxiety, which is so powerful. Last week, Peter introduced the series to us, and I'd recommend, if you haven't heard it or watched it, it's on our, again, on our website or on our YouTube channel. But he suggested that emotions are, are like warning lights in a car, warning lights on a dashboard. See, they come on and they mean something. So a, a running out of petrol warning light means something, and it prompts us to do something. Now we're not supposed to be driven by the warning lights in a car. So kind of putting your head through the steering wheel and, and sort of trying to drive like that as you stare at the warning lights, that's really, that's frowned upon. Um, but warning lights are still important and we shouldn't ignore them. Emotions are the same. Anxiety means something. It's a flashing light in your heart that means something is happening inside. Mm. Therefore, anxiety, just like all emotions, uh, is an invitation to explore and connect. And that's what we're going to do today. Those two things. Firstly, we're going to explore what's underneath anxiety. And secondly, we're going to ask the question, well, how does anxiety encourage us to connect? Now, before we start, before we do those, those two things, I need to tell you something. Um, if it's not already obvious, I am not a doctor. I'm not medically trained, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a mental health professional. So I'm not really able to address sort of clinical diagnosed anxiety in much detail. Um, I'll talk a little bit about those things, um, well, very briefly towards the end. But, but really what I want to give you in these next 25 minutes or so, as best I can, I, I want to give you the Bible. So for you who are anxious today, I want to give you God's word, God's invitation. So stick with it because it's super helpful. 
Um, someone once said, um, I think it was uh, Augustine who lived in the fourth century, uh, but if it wasn't him, someone uh, said that we should follow our worries. It's like if you follow smoke, uh, eventually you'll find the fire. It's like if you, if you follow your worries, uh, you'll discover the things that fire you. Uh, in other words, you'll find your values, the things where you place importance, uh, the things that you build your life upon. So when the warning lights of worry or anxiety begins to flash and, and your heart is thumping and your tummy is spinning, it's really important to explore and to connect. So firstly, explore, follow the smoke, what's going on underneath. Now, emotions aren't really divided into good ones and bad ones, like there's some good ones and some evil ones. That, that, that's not really how it works. And, and it's true to say as well that um, a little anxiety in its place is actually a good thing. I mean, why, why wouldn't you be worried about your neighbours and your family and your, and your friends during a global pandemic, right? I mean, it's, that's, that's a positive thing, isn't it? Worrying can reveal care. It can reveal concern. Um, it can reveal a heart for others. Worrying can, can drive us to serve and to pray and, and to call. But most of the time, it's true, when we follow our worries, we just find fear. Because underneath almost all anxiety is fear. Fear has been a normal part of human experience since almost the beginning. Now, there's no fear in the first two pages of the Bible story. There's plenty of feeling. There's, there's true love. There's exuberant joy. But there's no fear. It's not until Genesis chapter 3 where we first sense fear. Immediately after Adam and Eve stop trusting God and they reach for independence, they get anxious. Let me read you the story in Genesis chapter 3. I'll read verses 6 to 10. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and there was, that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, remember, independent from God's input, she took its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The fear generates anxiety, like a fire generates smoke. For Adam and Eve, anxiety looked like covering themselves up and hiding from God in a bush. They were, they were afraid because they looked around and, and, and suddenly they were on their own, naked and helpless and anxious. And that's been your story and my story ever since. I think that there are really three or at least three fundamental fears uh, that cause anxiety. So in other words, when you feel anxious, it, it, it's down to one of these three 
things, one of these three fears. Firstly, is a fear of not having enough. Or secondly, a fear of not being enough. Or thirdly, a fear of not being around at all. Now there's overlap, there's perhaps blending between these three, but there's probably others too, maybe you can think of some. But it seems to me that these three really are the main three. It seems to me that, that a, a fear of, of not having enough causes so much anxiety. We worry, don't we, about not having enough health during a pandemic. Uh, we worry about not having enough money. Maybe that hasn't really changed in this time for you. Maybe that was always a worry for you, not having enough money. Well, my dreams of, of what my life should look like are not enough to put out that fire. Uh, we fear being empty, so we become anxious. But we can also fear not being enough. Our appearance needs to improve. Our performance needs to advance or be seen to advance. How many of you feel that fear during lockdown? How many of you have asked that question? Well, by the time lockdown finishes, how many languages am I supposed to have learned for it to be a beneficial time? How many, how many recipes will I have perfected? Loads? None? See, my perfectionism has never been enough to put out that fire. We fear being rejected, so we become anxious. Or, thirdly, we fear not being around at all. That, that, that can mean not being in the room when decisions are made, or it can literally mean not being around because we, we've died. Trying to be in control, whether of our plans or of our life, it's not enough. We fear being dead. So we become anxious, don't we? See, if you follow your worries, you'll end up at one or more of these fears. Fear of, of not having enough and being empty. Fear of not being enough and being rejected. Or fear of not being here at all. There's a lot going on and anxiety, isn't there? So much going on and, and none of it is under our control, mm. is it? No one gets up in the morning and, and, and plans what to worry about that day. You don't kind of sit and, and, and decide what you're going to fear. Anxiety is sudden, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the warning light that just suddenly comes on while you're driving. And just like with a car, there are things that we can do to make warning lights come on less often. But the key is that when you see a warning light, when you, where, when you feel the emotion... The key is to take that as an invitation to explore what's going on underneath. Anxiety means something. Anxiety is an invitation to discover your values deep inside. It's an invitation to explore, but it's also an invitation to connect. And there's our second question. How does anxiety encourage us to connect? Well, for me, to, to, to be honest, most of the time... My worrying or my anxiety is an invitation to just immediately panic a little bit more. You see, just like Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, my response to anxiety is, is to cover up and to hide from the anxiety instead of dealing with the fear. And I think probably you're the same too. For some, that looks like getting busy doing other things, trying to ignore, controlling something because our fear is controlling us. 
for others. It can look like distraction, jumping into the arms of whatever promises to comfort, binge watching, binge drinking, uh, hoarding toilet rolls, whatever it is. Something has to comfort us, and so we jump to there. But for others, uh, it looks like shutting down, ignoring emails, retreating from, from conversations, uh, just, just being quiet. What we all do, though, is we all cover up and hide. We try to self-protect from fear, and it's never enough to put out the fire. Now, I want to tell you today that there is another way. There's a better way to respond to your anxiety. And one really helpful way that I've found uh, <clears throat> that has helped me to connect, especially with, with God when I'm worried or anxious, is to remind myself of one simple sentence uh, that many, many friends have taught me over many years. One simple sentence has helped me to connect with God when I feel worried and anxious. And that is this. God is still God. And the gospel is still true. God is still God. And the gospel is still true. When me and Susanna were, were waiting for her test results, um, right after we got back from the honeymoon, what kept us going? God is still God. And the gospel is still true. When we got those results and, and we were told that she had breast cancer, God is still God and the gospel is still true. See, we still had worries and fears. That, that little sentence didn't change the situation. It didn't take us out of a situation. We still worried and we still do worry even, even now after treatment. But our anxiety doesn't change what God is like. And our anxiety or our worries haven't changed the gospel. See, what kind of God do we have? What is the gospel? Well, when you fear not having enough, and when you fear being empty, your loving Heavenly Father takes care of you. If you can, look at Matthew chapter 6. Towards uh, the end of that chapter. Let me read Matthew chapter 6, from verse 25. This is Jesus uh, talking in the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to their span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? The Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So your heavenly Father feeds the birds, verse 26, 
and he will feed you. God designs and clothes the flowers in verse 30. He will provide for you. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Verse 32. He cares for you. In Genesis 1 and 2, God was caring for and providing for his creation. Uh, Genesis 3, Adam and Eve turned their backs on God and his care. But he still goes to them. He still provides for them, even in the middle of their fear and anxiety and their hiding. See, worrying does not stop God from caring. Because that's the kind of God he is. So your heavenly father cares for you. What about when you fear not being enough? When you fear being rejected? Well, Jesus welcomes you with open arms. Again, if you can, look at Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Again, Jesus talking at the end of the chapter, verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. He says this. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What about 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 7? Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Cast all your worries, cast all your burdens Psalm 55 is another one. Cast all your burdens on the Lord. See, Jesus wants you to connect with him. He will accept you. He will truly care for you, even when you're anxious, especially when you're anxious. When you fear not being enough, you can go to Jesus because he welcomes you with open arms. When you fear not being here at all. Uh, Jesus is bigger than life and death. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. When I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he, Jesus, laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not on the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. You fear not being here? Well, Jesus is bigger than life and death. Jesus died for you. He has defeated death. Its sting is gone and he's risen. He's alive. That's the gospel. God is still God and the gospel is still true. Do you see how this is more than just me telling you to stop being anxious? Wouldn't that just be super annoying? (laughs) You come to me and saying, I feel a bit anxious or worried, I'll just stop it. That's not helpful. See, God doesn't dismiss your worry and your anxiety either. He takes it seriously because he takes you seriously. He invites you to connect with him, to welcome you, to care for you, to keep you safe until the end when you will see Jesus face to face and all anxiety, all fear, or death and pain will just melt away. Now sometimes uh, you'll be able to talk yourself down in the middle of worrying. Uh, you'll be able to pause and you'll be able to 
and explore underneath and you'll be able to connect with God. Sometimes you'll be able to do that. Sometimes you'll be able to follow the smoke and you'll find the fire and, and you'll remember that God is still God and the gospel is still true. But I know it's not always as simple as that. I, I know it's not always as simple as maybe I'm making it out to be. If, if you feel frustrated because, because I'm making this sound too easy, well, please, please, please forgive me. I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm not downplaying or dismissing anxiety because it's genuinely heavy and it's genuinely painful. And a lot of time uh, you won't be able to cope. Uh, maybe there'll be times when it is just too much. And, but honestly, that's okay. Because anxiety is an invitation to connect with other people as well. See, you are not your fears. You are not your anxiety. If you're a Christian, your identity is secure and it's anchored in Jesus. God is still God and the gospel is still true. And part of that gospel is that we are in a family. And I know it's hard. But reaching out to another Christian is so important. Connecting with other Christians is so important, especially with anxiety or worry. If they're Christians, they're not going to laugh at you. If they're Christians, they're not just going to brush you off. But the truth is that we need each other. And we can help each other to hold on to Jesus. We can remind each other that God is still God and the gospel is still true. Not that that's, well, that's not a magic phrase. Just saying that phrase over and over again is not going to move the situation along. But, but I find it a helpful phrase because it, 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 it refocuses me. It reminds me what's true. But maybe when you're worried about something specific, grab a friend, talk with them, talk with them about the difference that God makes. What does it mean that God is still God in this situation? What does it mean that the gospel's true in your specific worry? about your work or your relationships or about whatever it is. What difference does that make? And do that with a friend. There's a really helpful article, I'm just going to put it up here, um, written by the wife of a friend. Um, you can, well, the link's there, but if you, you can look at, look at it on Google if you just sort of type how to care for friends with anxiety or if you look on the Gospel Coalition website, you'll, you'll find it. Um, but it has some great, super practical advice about caring for each other so I'd really recommend if you want to be the kind of person you want to be the kind of Christian that that helps and can support people with with worrying and anxiety then that article is super super helpful now I know I know nothing about cars um, so if a warning light comes on like if it's the petrol light I know I know what to do with that one um, but if there's many, many lights that I don't know what they mean and I don't know what to do about them. So when they come on, I tend to call someone that I trust, which is usually Tim Jones or maybe maybe Dave uh, Ferguson, and they can help me. Um, or if it's really hard or really complicated, uh, then I'll call a garage and I'll talk with, well, I don't want to say a professional because Dave and Tim are pretty clever too, but a professional with a capital P, right? I'll call the garage and I'll talk um, with a mechanic. And sometimes, if anxiety is becoming too deep for you, if, it, if it's becoming too constant, then you will need to connect with mental health professionals. And even that is totally okay. 
your GP is on your side. So, so please listen to medical advice that you get. Uh, mental health professionals, therapists, charities, they exist to support you if this is something that you're going through day by day. A clinical diagnosis of anxiety does not change who God is. Does not change who God is. God is, is and always is a good and caring father. And it doesn't change the gospel. You are a sinner saved and forgiven because of Jesus' death. It's got nothing to do with your abilities or your health. So there we are. That's not everything um, to say about anxiety. It's not everything the Bible says about worrying and anxiety. But hopefully it's something that's helpful, that can encourage you to, to connect with God in the Bible, with friends, maybe even with, with professionals. Uh, in a world that is collapsing with anxiety, many of us feel like we're collapsing with it, don't we? See, the anxiety light comes on and, and, and we freeze or we distract ourselves, trying to, trying to cover up, try to hide, but always doing it alone. Even though some anxiety can be good, anxiety reminds us that we have an invitation from the living God to connect with him. So whatever your fears are, he can take care of you and satisfy you. He welcomes you and his acceptance is unchanging. He is bigger than life and death. So when the warning light comes on, keep breathing. God is still God and the gospel is still true.